Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ben, when I opened my phone, <laughs> my one notification was the text from you to the group chat. What are you waiting for? Okay, shut up. <laughs> the fact that the film trilogy ends. Anastasia, I'm getting chills. Anastasia on her knees. Oh, she has finally consented. She has consented. She is. For no reason yeah. that the rest of the movie has given us. For no reason. That's why they needed that montage in she there to remind changed. you. Well, She's just decided to At this change. point, they realize they've done six hours of film. They have to wrap it up. What are you waiting for? Boom. Molly's game. The fact that it smashes the black. Molly's game. I wish it said Molly's game. Anna's game. Well, we, she's just staring at him playing the piano, and then she falls. It's the from the first time they meet, and I, I literally was like... Oh wait, wait, wait! The, the montage. Oh, yes. the montage. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. I, I thought we were talking about uh, a different thing, but yes, I love a film series that recaps every single beat of the film series <laughs> completely before the unearned, ending. completely yes. unearned. And I gotta say, I, I I know that we all agree on this point, but we all have face blindness when it comes to Jamie Dornan. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Yes. Light catches... What does he look like? The way that light catches him, he's a different looking person every single time. His, his I, muscles change sizes? Is he blonde? I don't know. Right, right now, I don't know what color his hair is. I know it's dark, but sometimes it looks blonde, sometimes it's, it looks black. Okay, Jamie Dornan. He's, he looks like someone tried to recreate Henry Cavill and got it wrong. I agree! <laughs> I agree! Like, put it in a 3D printer and just, like, accidentally, like, elbowed the, the Z button or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, okay, what, he's Scottish, is that right? Irish? He's some sort of He's ish, British. some ish. Um, Talented what is ish. This, what is this accent? Is it, it's an American accent, but it's like, specifically a Christian Grey accent. He's doing a Michael Stipe voice, is what it is. He's An- Anastasia. He does this weird thing with his tongue. If you watch his mouth, he's like, his tongue's getting in the way. Yeah. It's probably just him trying to do an American accent well. It's just like, I really think it's Michael Stipe, like of REM fame. Like it is that sort of lower register, like Anastasia. He's My first studio project. album was Murmur. Has he never done an American accent on anything else? Probably not. I don't know. Well, it, have he done anything American before this movie? Franchise? It's quite possible not. I mean, I'm not sure he's not a hologram. <laughs> <laughs> is he a real human? No, I just mean, has he been in American movies? I don't know. Hello, everyone. This is Movies IMO. We're here to talk about the last installment of the greatest comedy franchise of all time, Fifty Shades of Grey. The new one is called Fifty Shades of Freed. Um, my name is Ben Empey. <laughs> That's the next part, as I introduced myself. <laughs> Correct. I'm Daniel Crook. I'm Brandon Kirby. 
We are your favorite film fags. Um, we have a lot to say about this movie, and we've already dove in, and now I've interrupted us to, to introduce us. Now I'm glad that you um, inserted yourself yes. here. Steer us. Um, <laughs> T- take take this rhythm, handcuff it to the wall, <laughs> get this back Let's on track. Let's start with the fact that Kim Basinger is not in the third movie. Kim Basinger's not in the second movie either. Um, that arc. <laughs> what arc? Yeah, what arc? That line segment of a character. <laughs> we can. Should we start with Kim Basinger? I mean, yeah, you, that's a good place to start. Okay, I'll take it one step. Well, let's just start with Kim Basinger in, in Fifty Shades Darker, the sequel. So she's uh, she's made out to be the big bad. She is teased out throughout the first film as Mrs. Robinson, mm-hmm. the woman who introduced Christian to BDSM. Yeah. And we are sort of led to believe may have been somewhat responsible for a formative childhood like psychological trauma. Yeah, trauma, yeah. right? The movie opens with his trauma. Unrelated, the, the, though. The what is it waiting one, for? Right? The second one yeah, not opens. Opens with a flash beak. Yes. But it's not even... It's it's childhood trauma, but it's still not related it's to Kim Basinger. It's about his mom. <clears throat> right. His birth mother. But how can... Which and, does get tied up at the end of Freed. But, but we Kim go to Basinger, his grave. But Mrs. Grave. Robinson has everything to do with his mother, because yeah. we're led to believe that he has this mommy-sized gap in his heart, and he's yeah. looking to fill it from a young age. But yeah, so, so the movie Darker starts with a framing, de- or what we can believe is a framing device. It starts with a flashback introducing like this mommy issue, which will lead you to think that the whole movie, the tension is going to be around this Mrs. Robinson character and how she interferes in Anastasia and Christian's relationship. And then she's in five minutes of the movie. It's just so yeah. interesting that this one Isn't did she it. Two scenes. Only? She's in the three? the salon, mm-hmm. the the masquerade, oh, the and the slap. And keep right. in mind, she's three in, scenes. She's in the first one, as in Christian goes to dinner with her in the first one. But we just don't see her. We don't see right. her. So when it's cast built up, it's built up. This is yeah. going to be this huge, like important monstrosity, mm-hmm. like an integral figure in the psychology of Christian Grey. And then she just gets uh, uh, a martini up with a twist thrown in her face and it's, slapped by Marsha Gay Harvey. It ends with uh, the NBC's The Slap. The slap. <laughs> it's that, so good. There's two scenes that make Fifty Shades Darker worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that a pun? <laughs> the Academy Award nominated track by the weekend, worth it. <laughs> From the first film. Oscar nominated film Fifty Shades Darker has two things going for it. Dakota Johnson's line reading of those aren't growing in my butt mm-hmm. and the one-two punch of Dakota Johnson throwing a drink in Kim Basinger's face and then Marsha Gay Harden finishing it. She's she's still dripping from the martini <laughs> and she gets slapped. Get out of my house. <laughs> Don't tell me this franchise does she's, not she have... She doesn't even see the drink throw or the argument. No, no, that's what I said. <laughs> But don't just struts down the hall and <laughs> the, has something to do. The strut is so important. Like, mm. don't tell me the Fifty Shades franchise doesn't understand cinematic language and how to make an entrance because we see Marsha Gay Harden from the back, back of the, of the shot, hallway. yeah, mm-hmm. walking towards us. Like, it is. Uh, it's just a masterful. The uh, first time I saw of... it, like my memory of it was that she literally takes like twenty seconds to cross the room, but it's really it, like it's pretty quick. It's but... a second, but, but it's it well directed. Yeah, it's James well directed. Foley gives her a point, and she just like oh pl- powers down the hallway. <laughs> Speaking of James Foley, a James Foley, Foley film. film. Oh my no, god! No, guys, guys, but it's James Foley, a James Foley film. Yes, it is. It the the director and the producer's name appear isolated in the opening credits on the rose petals, as if to say these are the first the top build cast members. I still can't these are prestige. James Foley, That's Mike and then DeLuca is like the mastermind behind these. The man that the Dino yes. De Laurentiis of the Fifty Shades uh, franchise. 
Paul Thomas Anderson and David Fincher is now producing the Fifty Shades movie. It's, I mean, this, <laughs> when the first one came out, it, it was a big thing that they were, yeah. it was a huge undertaking. There mm-hmm. was drama behind the scenes. There was, you know, E.L. James being crazy. It was like the craziest crazy. bidding war. Excuse me, E.L. James years. PGA. Yeah. Yeah. And like, Sam, that's why Sam Taylor Johnson was like, fuck this, I'm out. And it was, it's focus, not universal. Correct. Which is also wild. Yeah. Extremely wild. Focus at this point had pivoted away from prestige independent. And they've kind of gone back, but not really. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that the best movie of last year, Phantom Thread, is released under that label. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing, doing my rewatches, I saw the focus thing and I was like, oh shit. It's it's not a a guarantee. It's a universal movie. Yes, I do too. Um, but yes, I mean, I mean, they were looking to cast the roles of Christian Grey and Anastasia Steele, uh, uh with, yeah, with such... It was like a big... Yeah, um, like, what, what's an example of, like, the last deal. time? Like, it's like Harry Potter all over again. Like, how are we... We gotta find it's Harry, we gotta find Hermione. It's gone with the wind. It's gone with... Even better <laughs> example, it's gone it's with the Scar- wind. It's who is gonna play Scarlett O'Hara. There yes. was, there was backlash when Dakota Johnson was cast. People were mm-hmm. like, she's not right. Yeah. Joke's on them, because she's the best fucking part of this she's franchise. Fair. My mom Master. still thinks she's not right for the part. Really? Mm-hmm. I think she single-handedly makes, saves the franchise. Well, she's, she well, makes it, she's actually doing something alive. She's acting against a two-by-four. She's mm-hmm. And she's in on the joke. Yes. yes. The, the humor, the subtle humor she infuses in, like, the simplest of line readings. Or even, like, in Fifty Shades Darker when Christian, in front of the, the room of people, when he proposes, right? Mm. And that, yeah, <laughs> that groan she gives, yeah. it's... It's so self-aware. Like she's just very, she's just a very talented actor. She's very. I talented. think she infuses a lot of humor. I also think she infuses a lot of desire and a lot of uh, horniness into the film because she really has no chemistry to speak of with Jamie Dornan, and he is not giving anything. Mm. Therefore, it falls completely onto her shoulders yeah. to give this. What movie does she a pulse. say about her fuckery in the second one? Did I? I texted it you to did, you guys. Right? It's like you're distracting me. I'm. You're. Your fuckery your again. Fuckery. I'm pulling it up. <laughs> like they're trying to cuddle. Yeah. <laughs> fuckery. It's so good. I, I mean, she... How horny is she in that first hardware store moment? Oh, yeah. When she's picking out the rope and... <laughs> well... The, the zip ties. Uh, that scene. So there's a lot of scenes... Okay. Let's back up. Fifty Shades of Grey, I think, is actually pretty good. <laughs> like... I do, too. I actually don't think it's horrible. I, I think, think it has I think merit, it, but I still it think merit. it is below average quality. Like, I gave it two out of five on yeah. the letterboxed. Like, I originally gave it two, but my most recent rewatch, I upped it to three because I noticed things in Dakota Johnson's performance. I noticed things in the direction. Jamie like, Dornan describing the physiological change of arousal while they're doing the <laughs> contract negotiation is really well directed. That's yeah. an incredible scene. I, it's I, a great scene. I'm it's on the record. Well I prefer the contract negotiation scene there to the dinner scene in The La, La Land. Same. When on they cut all to categories. Dakota Johnson's mouth, just like breathing heavily. Yeah. That's my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> the like, close up of the pen scratching out. Vaginal fisting. Yes. It is up <laughs> there with writing or underlining Alma uh-huh. in the Phantom Thread notebook. It is cinema. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, it's cinema. And also the, in the insane, like, uh, Star Wars Snoke uh, chamber, like, yeah. of red, but with the orange. And then, they're, you know, they're completely in silhouette almost at mm-hmm. the table. It's a beautiful shot. It's beautiful. It's, it's opulent. It's intimidating. It's yeah. Grand Guignol. It's, it's everything. It's I nice. think what Sam Taylor Johnson does with the first movie is... She, Very interesting. It's co- she launches that 
trilogy mm-hmm. very well. Very coherently. I mean, yeah. the, the other two films are, are just so, have such a scattershot <laughs> approach to plot. Um, and the first film has a clear set of objectives set up in the first act, mm-hmm. follows through on them, finds some resolve, and then gives you a cliffhanger. It's really yeah. all you can ask for yeah. in studio uh, motion for, picture making. I forgot the ending. I did too. too. The ending is really good. Actually. I gasped. I had no idea that was coming. Yeah. It ends on a... She leaves. She's out of I can. I, when we were watching the third one, I was like, I can imagine how this script gets greenlit by a studio. Oh, yeah. Right? I can imagine everyone on set making this movie and thinking they're doing the best job that they can. What I cannot imagine is editing this movie for six months <laughs> and being in front of this footage <laughs> for six months to a year. Yeah. <laughs> I that would be such excruciating pain. To try to create something out of this. Yes. Because yes. nothing. The, the trilogy devolves into a series of music videos. Because... Every time they fuck. Every time they fuck. And even beyond that... What? Siri, hello? I'm sorry. I'm not able to do that. <laughs> Siri wants to be involved on the con- in on the combo. Um, a ghost story. I mean, the first movie, yes, every sex scene is set to a song. The boom. movies are... Dun, boom. <laughs> you know, the the first the trailer for the first movie had that rendition of Beyonce's... Um, Crazy in Love, Crazy Slow in Down. Love. And then the second one had Miguel's version of Crazy in Love. The movies rely on their soundtrack. But ben, the third one, I noticed it. It was egregious. Immediately. No, it Ben laughed. I, I appreciated that Ben laughed the first time a music cue dropped. <laughs> <laughs> A soulful, like, electronic music. The first, like, 20 minutes of the third one, I was so amused. And then I was like, oh, my God. And it keeps going. Well, I, I, There's my, a whole movie after this. My approach to all three, but especially the second two, is you can either lean into them, like, just accept the movie on its own terms and try and keep up, or you can lean back and just say, fuck this, and it will be an excruciating experience. Mm-hmm. Like, you really gotta lean You in. have to accept the movie on its own terms, and it becomes a thrill in a way just to keep up. I just, like... Oh, the best part of the third one is when it becomes a, a thrill. Like, oh, when what's his face is like breaking in to yeah with it, a it, with a giant. It, it becomes Michael Clayton. It's corporate espionage, yes. and he's like got this key card, and then like they beam the footage into Christian Grey, and they zoom in. <laughs> oh, I love I love a security footage zoom. <laughs> With perfect focus, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The little details. Yep. Well, what's so interesting... Enhanced. She doesn't say enhance, but she may as well. Have. But that is what she's doing. <laughs> what's so interesting is that these this trilogy, it's based off books. So Based off fine literature. So these... Fil- the, 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 the crew and everyone involved knew that this is where it was going. That the mm-hmm. books get progressively bad, worse. It turns into a shitty thriller... So like it's just unfortunate knowing that that's it's that's where I mean, it was it's, going. It's not all just along. a shitty thriller though. It's also like the piano where like the wife is like struggling to break or break or bend <laughs> to her husband's demands. You know, um, it, it's a lot of different things at once. I just wish yeah. that the thriller element was woven into the first one. I know that yes. this is like such a stupid complaint given the quality of these movies, but like couldn't 
Jack have also been her boss in some way in the first one. This yes. is no, this is what I love about Fifty Shades Freed. It takes the least interesting character from the second <laughs> movie and invests all the <laughs> chips into him as the main villain. Like the character nobody cared about yep. in the second one is all of a sudden like the dastardly mastermind yep. of Anastasia's yeah. doom. Yep. Yeah, and it makes no fucking sense. Like it no. just I the second And they do it in the first one too. The second Mr. either he or she is like there has to be a bigger reason why he's doing this. I was like, they're brothers. And I was of course. I was all I was almost exactly correct. Yeah. But they're not literally. That brothers. might be a good segue into talking about Christian Grey as a character. Um <laughs> what character? I want well his pubes. It's his digitally created pubes. My understanding is that shaft is a computer program. That 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 shaft and those Wait, pubes are not real. The shaft from the first movie that I'm I gasp at his pants. I'm pretty sure the shaft is a digital shaft. <gasps> and I gasp at it every time. I mean, it's a healthy trunk. <laughs> um, but Christian Grey. Oh, that's unfortunate. So Christian Grey is into BDSM, which many people all over this country and this great big beautiful world. Indulge in, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Um, it is amazing to me how this film series is able to both—it's it's able to straddle sex positivity and kink shaming mm-hmm. so delicately, because the sex scenes themselves definitely revel in the sultriness of it, the yeah. physicality. Like the the movie wants you to get horny along with it, and then as soon as everybody's come and they like wipe themselves off, he's like. I'm so fucked up. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm only like this because of a formative trauma. <laughs> and it's like, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, because the movie is... is... He says in the second one, I'm not a dom, I'm a sadist. I like, I get off on the punishment of women. Well, how could... It's crazy to me that <laughs> but like... That, but that's never conveyed. No, no, but, no, but no, hold on. Though. That's they, like not But they think, they think that they've spanked it into us in the first film because that's how it ends. It's like... He beats Anastasia's butt with a belt, <laughs> and that is going too far. That's too far. That's but, too far. Which like but is that's the most vanilla <laughs> of everything to come so far. Yeah, it's and one, it's, two. <laughs> and that's the worst thing that ever happens, like between the relationship. Yeah. You know, that's the most like pain she's ever in. Well, yeah. the movie doesn't actually explore BDSM very well at all. In that, no. in that, the <laughs> montage where she is googling submissive when Jane or when Christian has handed her the contract in the first film, and none of like, that happens to her. None of it happens. There's like, no yeah. rope. You, you see images of bondage and like talking about safe words. What I another thing I love about this franchise in terms of setting thing up, setting something up in one movie and not getting back to it until not the next <laughs> movie but the third movie is the idea of red and yellow mm-hmm. being safe the safe word. words. Oh yeah. She is explicitly instructed in the first film. That's how it's going to go. If you've ever, if you ever, uh, if your pleasure is turning into pain, you say red. And she says it one time in the third film, but they say it as if like Indiana Jones has just lost his hat and got it back. Like, ah, this is my hat. This is integral to my character. Like when she says red, it's with this wink that like this is sort of like their thing. Like this yeah, is their game. Yeah, you should know the, what this is. Yeah, and it's literally the first time she ever says it in action. Isn't the first yeah, film? It's just, well, it's based off garbage, right? (laughs) Like, so I actually... And she had an incredible amount of control on the movie. Yes. She was there. She oversaw every minute detail. Apparently, Kelly Marcel's original script, screenwriter of Saving Mr. Banks, Mm -hmm. one of my least favorite movies ever made. Same. She... Oh, I like the 60s scenes a lot. 
they want they want you to. I know they're engineered Ew. for your it's delight. It's so fun. The past scenes are god awful. My favorite thing in the past scene is when Colin Farrell coughs into a handkerchief, <laughs> and then we cut to like a tight close up of his hand as he flays it over, <laughs> and then we see a big red spot in the middle of the handkerchief. This is how we know he's sick and going mm-hmm. to die. But apparently, her script was much steamier, much more explicit. I actually really like Kelly Marcel's other writing. Yeah, she's very talented. But I guess E.L. James put her foot down because it was it had deviated so far away from the original source material that the final script ended up being about half and half. Yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, how about let's talk about third build Jennifer Ely in Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> I forgot she played the mom. She does. She's third build. Yeah. And she has like one scene, and she's Is like she really old enough to play Dakota's mom. No. No. I had that same thought. She's no. also like she's also too good of an actress to disrespect by only giving her lines like. I'm so drunk, but I'm on my fourth husband. Like, <laughs> shit like that. And then we don't even see her in the second film, and she shows up at the wedding in the third. Yeah, But she drops from, like, third yes. build to tenth build yes. in Fifty Shades Freed. Yeah. I love that we never get any sort of, like, understanding of what her parents think of Christian Grey, really. Yeah. We have no it's idea. Just like that they... Well, we don't know what to think of Christian Grey either. <laughs> you you see Jamie Dornan, and it's like, he's such a beefcake. Like... You just bite into mm-hmm. like that, expecting like a rare steak, and it's just fucking sawdust. Like you don't get anything from that guy. Yeah, I it's... need to say something to clear my mind because I can't let go of this thought, and I need to say it. Uh-huh. Is in the third one, Jeffrey McCran, friend of the podcast, uh, alerted me that this is how this movie is. That and there's like a running subtle bit throughout the film that the friend is ugly or fat. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's my favorite thing. When Dakota Johnson comes out in the slinky silver dress, and her friend picks her hand, she's like, "My zipper's stuck." <laughs> Wait, the girlfriend, the the, the blonde, the, the roommate, yeah, 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 the roommate. And when they go for drinks, when they're leaving, when they're leaving, Dakota Johnson says so condescendingly. You're so cute. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. So there's this running joke that she's the yes. ugly duckling. Mm-hmm. I, I think she's jealous of her vanilla normcore relationship with Christian's brother. Yeah. Also, frankly. that side plot in the third movie where they go to the getaway house yeah. and all of her friends are there and then the proposal. What are you waiting and, for? And then you think, and then you think <laughs> like he's, he's cheating with, with the architect. The, with, the, yes. with the slutty architect who's not even slutty. Like that poor, ar- that poor woman. Well, I mean, she's just... She's totally flirting. I mean, she's laying it on thick. She touches her newlywed husband. Yeah. I I would do the same thing to go to jail. That girl is a Scorpio. Yes. (laughs) Why don't you get back in your shit-colored car (laughs) and get the hell out of here? Another iconic moment. And then you see the car after, and it is shit-colored. It is, like, a little shade darker than champagne. There's, like, flies (laughs) landing on it. Like, they really just uh, laid it on thick. I also like when Fifty Shades Freed becomes an uh, Audi commercial. I think that's really thrilling. I agree with you. Because Dakota Johnson takes the wheel Can and she I says drive? and she says I'm a race car driver <laughs> oh my god that's it that's, that's the line that's the line I was like there was a line that I told myself I was gonna remember and I didn't remember I'm a race car driver I'm a race <laughs> car driver what the f- fuck is happening <laughs> in this movie the tonal shifts are insane I mean the movie is why like- does he drive a Durango <laughs> that's a great question 
I mean, the, the movie is a fucking magic eight ball. Like, every time you shake it five minutes later, you get a different answer about what it's, it's about. It's just like, Dakota I... Johnson either okay with S&M or hates it, depending on what the scene needs. I was yes. being There's romantic. No rhyme or reason. I was being yeah. romantic, and then you go and distract me with your kinky fuckery. <laughs> Pick a side, girl. Pick yeah. a side. There's One minute no you're into it. And she, she like, eggs it on, too. Mm-hmm. Like, in, in the plane and, like, the second movie, like, she loves to be spanked. But it's the first <laughs> movie where she gets spanked and it's too much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it's then, the belt, but still. Well, yeah, belt's a little hard. But, like, in the second and third movie, she's like, what are you going to do? Spank me? But it's like, wait, you didn't like that in the first movie. You know what is happening? Well, you know what? In every successive film, she does something she wasn't comfortable doing in the in the preceding film. She puts shit up her butt in the third film, for instance. No, it doesn't go up her butt. In the third In one, the third film, it does. What goes up her butt? She wears the butt plug. Yeah, those like... Uh, oh, the drawer. And then he says, do what you're told, and the scene cuts. Yes. It, and wow, they, they look iconic. like those... Um, Oh Jesus! I wish I could think of what the word is like. Those hooks, uh, command like command hooks, <laughs> but like the, the the fancy aluminum ones. Yeah, that's the thing that she sticks up her butt. Oh, that's so interesting. So really, she's just evolving as a character. Wow. Yes. yes. Great, great character but it's development. Just like, Bad. I, I said to Ben when we got out of the movie, like this series takes three movies to accomplish what Phantom Thread does in one, mm-hmm. in terms of the shifting power dynamics between a couple. So many parallels. She kicks out all of the help in the house to cook him dinner. Uh-huh. For so one. many parallels. Yeah. PTA owes a lot to Fifty Shades. <laughs> I mean, I totally thought Phantom Thread was going to be a lot explicitly kink, a lot k- kinkier explicitly like this film. I remember mm-hmm. like here, I don't think we were on mic, but we were talking about the trailer and I thought it was going to get into bondage. Kinky. Kinky. Can I? Fucking kinky. Can this be the moment I reveal that I read what I've read of yes. this? Yes. Yeah. So in college... You've prepared a reading, haven't you? Yes. So in college, I read Fifty Shades of Grey, the book, which I enjoyed a lot. And I was very invested in when the trilogy trilogy was announced and who was going to be cast, blah, blah, blah. And I read half of the second book because it really turns into pure garbage. But I wish Charlie Hunnam still played Christian Grey. You gotta oh, respect him as an that. actor for saying how yeah. much he connected with that character, but he just knew that if he had to turn over from Sons of Anarchy to showing up on set, in less than 48 hours, he wouldn't be able to give that character right. the time and attention it deserved. I mean, Is that what he said? Serious actor. I love that. Jamie Dornan doesn't look the part. He doesn't look like anything. He's no. a ghost. And Charlie Hunnam, like, <laughs> could not come from Sons of Anarchy and look the part the next day. No. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot he was going to be gray. Mm-hmm. But um, I do think he could have pulled it off, given yeah. a month in between. Yeah. And it would have... Christian Gray in the film would have been a character. Absolutely. And not just a hunk of meat. Wood. Wood with abs. Hot wood. Hot wood. <laughs> Literally hot wood. <laughs> so Okay, I'm dimming the lights. I'm putting a spotlight on Brandon. Yeah, I have another cookie while he speaks. Yes. Do you want a cookie? No. I'm gonna have one later. We're having homemade cookies for this episode, courtesy of my we're aunt. Making cookies. Brandon's aunt is making cookies. <laughs> Iconic line reading. I what? What did you change it to? I'm making best of my existential dread. <laughs> yes. Okay. So the first book is all about Anastasia Steele's inner goddess. Whenever she feels aroused, or is like around Christian, or like feels the pull of his sex whatever organ, <laughs> organ. 
um, the inner goddess comes out and has a lot to say. And the inner goddess is, like, doing things. Okay, Wait anyway. a minute. Is the inner goddess... Does the inner goddess have dialogue? Is it, like, a fairy godmother type no, situation? No, she just describes what the inner goddess... My, my inner like goddess is quivering. Or my inner goddess did a backflip. <laughs> like, the inner goddess is like a little elf inside of my her. My inner goddess is begging for my scene <laughs> partner to give me a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, that's Anna's. Yeah. Okay, so here's a great... Um, excerpt, page 137 of Fifty Shades of Grey. Everyone turn in your reader. (laughs) Written by E.L. James. PGA. I pull him deeper into my mouth (laughs) so I can feel him at the back of my throat and then to the front again. My tongue swirls around the end. He's my very own Christian Grey flavored popsicle. I suck harder and harder. Hmm. My inner goddess is doing the meringue with some salsa moves. <laughs> oh, these are some very specific uh, pinpointed references within the erotic. I remember reading the book, and when the inner goddess is doing fucking salsa moves. <laughs> I'm imagining the inner goddess is like Kylie Minogue and Mulan Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect reference. What the hell is a Christian Grey flavored popsicle? What does he taste like? Sawdust. <laughs> I'm telling you. Just a lot of hot wood. He is a strip steak made of sawdust, yep. that Jamie Dornan. Literally. Anyway, that's my reading. That was beautiful. Brandon. That was beautiful. I'd love Thank to make you. this a recurring segment on the pod. <laughs> not not like a thematically appropriate reading, just, just an inner goddess shades. reading. Yeah. Uh, just gonna, every episode going forward, I will just read a, a segment from, from Fifty Shades. Can, can we talk about, we touched on this before, but can we talk about how Anastasia Steele is constantly trying to prove that she is her own person? And then just ends up leaning back on her boyfriend. So here's an example. (laughs) So she keeps getting promoted at work (laughs) for doing nothing. Nothing. For doing nothing. You got this on merit. What does he say? Hard work. It's like it's like no, no. You kicked my boyfriend or my (laughs) boss to the curb. Like she she literally says, "I'm the fiction editor." Yeah, (laughs) that's how she got promoted. (laughs) But like she does this, and then she shows up to work on a Monday. She's gotten, like, a solid two hours of work, like, a couple <laughs> meetings set up, and then all of a sudden, Christian bursts in and is like, we're going to Monaco. And then, like, she just <laughs> takes the rest of the week off, and then she comes back in the next Monday, is like, I'm sorry, guys, my boyfriend really needed me. And, like, <laughs> she never shows up to work, and yet she's constantly trying to prove that she's the top she of her field. And yet she is turning social media clicks into readership ben, like look. no one has ever done ben, before. Look, look at look these clicks are you seeing these clicks this is really good work these are good clicks (laughs) the business meetings that is not how business works what is happening damn i wish i could remember the character actor's name off the top of my head but one of her Her boss no no not her her boss is um he is also a character actor yeah it's a co-worker who hannah no 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 justice for hannah by the way do you want to speak to that what does she say about the security guard she's got a hole for him what does what is she oh is? yes yes yes, yes. Like, same I've girl. got a whole okay thing. literally same Anastasia I believe I steals personal security detail Sawyer <laughs> deserves his own spinoff with author what's his name Boyd Boyle the the guy from, oh everybody from T- Tyler Hecklin from Teen Everybody Wolf. Wants Some. Oh, see, I was, it's I, the same guy. I know, but yeah. I know him from Teen Wolf. I don't know the actor, but the hot author yeah. that she has. I mean, that with. reminded me of like Eyes Wide Shut, where we get like Greg from Dharma and Greg all of a sudden popping up in a scene, and you're like, "Is this guy gonna recur?" Yeah, and you just don't see him again, <laughs> never again. Tyler Hecklin 
Teen Wolf showing up in this movie is Greg from Dharma and Greg and Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. Does Christian Grey just have like spidey sense? Like Anna's talking to a hot guy in her office, <laughs> and he just materializes. He just materializes. Yeah. With with facial hair for no reason. Yeah. Only for her. Okay. Oh my god. His five o'clock shadow needs to be taken under advisement for this character specifically. At least it gives the character some sort of distinguishing look Christian so I can remember Gray like oh never have shadow, any sort of facial Gray. hair. No, he's too he's too like type A like well, fussy. Fussy. We're he's too fussy. fussy. He's that, too that's another fussy. example of where this Don't is. Don't they a, literally the say the thing. word fussy? I think Dakota does say he's fussy at some point. Yeah. Wow. I do Someone l- needs to program a Fifty Shades of Grey Phantom that, Thread double. Ben, what was the first thing I said to you when the movie ended? That was ended? what you said. Yeah, that is what I said. Wow, there you yeah, go. I Make agree. it happen. Um, but just before we move on, there's just a moment that I love so much in the beginning of Fifty Shades Darker where, well, I'll, I'll just set up the whole plot of the movie. So Christian and what Anastasia plot? are no longer seeing each other. They are back to their own lives and then they sort of bump into each other or something and then... At an art show. At an art show, at a trendy art show where... Also, justice for that poor friend. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of... No, no, no. No justice for him. He took six photographs of Anna, blew them up, and then hung them in a gallery, oh, yeah. invited her to the show, and then she gets there and is like, why is my face all over the wall? He's like, oh, they yeah. were just so beautiful. Yeah, Don't you pretty agree? sure... Uh... He should have asked. Consent. <laughs> yeah. In a movie, in a series that is all about the idea of consent. I forgot. He is on the wrong side of this movie. I forgot he didn't ask. And yeah. Christian just knew her face was going to be plastered all over, so he's going to come to this art show. Yeah, the job. And buy them all. The spidey sense. His dick was tingling. His, his Christian gray-flavored popsicle was... <laughs> Melting. <laughs> Melting. <laughs> Anyway, what's a the dumb this movie? Oh, I just oh. love that all of a sudden they're together again. Like, with yeah. no discussion, they're together again. What was even then, the turning point that made it happen? Just his dick pressed up against her? I Something don't like that. I, I, just, I just love the I was de- doing filing as I rewatched this. I, I just love the detail of he writes her, a tw- or he sells her car yeah. in the first movie, and then she's like, you're going to have to you're gonna have to pay me for that or whatever. And then he gives her a $24,000 check, and then she tears it up. Mm, and if mm-hmm. white feminism is not ripping up your corporate boyfriend's $24,000 check instead of donating it to the Southern Poverty Law Center, I don't know what is. <laughs> and then she does bet at the masquerade. twenty four grand. But what is... It's a silent the... auction. Or not a silent auction, it's an auction she... Uh... What is it for? I don't know, it's like a helicopter ride or something. Yeah, it's like a trip. <laughs> but what's the, the cause? <laughs> does anyone know? No. No, but the cause is making me think <laughs> of the master. <laughs> the cause. Oh, yeah, the cause. Um, I have a dumb quibble that I want to bring up that yeah. just shows how... Just like a little thing of There's how... There's no way it's dumber than the movie. How incompetent this movie is, is... Um, I know her assistant's name is Hannah, mm-hmm. and her name is Anna. Anna. And it's just mm-hmm. like... That's as far th- as the thought process you did to name this character. Yep. And I'm sure that's what it is in the book, right? Probably. But it's just like... I don't know. I don't know. It's just like screenwriting 101 to um, not do that. And I know that like you could also just be like, whatever, I'm an artist. But this is not art. <laughs> Game, of, right. Game of Thrones has uh, two characters. One is named uh, uh, Asha and the other is named Osha or something like that. And then the show... Or in the books there. So in the book... Or in the movie... Or in the TV show, they change one of the characters' names to Yara because there is no way you could ever be able to tell yeah. them apart. Like, yeah. even if it is in the book, just change it to Tiffany. Yeah. It's just because every time someone yells either Hannah or Anna, they both turn around. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, 
Too much. Yeah, I'm sure, like... Entirely too much name confusion before breakfast. I'm sure the reasoning was, like, well, yeah, because they, like, work so closely and, like, she wanted the job. It's like, they're they're mirrors of each other. I like when Hannah's, like... like, No, it's not. Hannah's, like, so you're the boss now. Like, are you going to be asking me to get you coffee now? And then Anna's, like, only if... You're already getting some yourself. And she means it as like a nice thing to say, but it still comes across as totally bitchy. Yeah, and then, and then she's like, am I going to have to call you Miss Steel? Working please. Girl? Yeah, I love Working Girl. Because that's what Melanie Griffith says in Working Girl. That exact speech. Oh my God. The end of Working Girl. Interesting. Oh my God. So like mother like daughter. Mm-hmm. And I was really hoping in this film that granddaughter would be like grandmother and then at some point she would say to christian i am sorry in the tippy headroom birds say, way but not in the same register the same not in the same register but she does say i am sorry i am sorry can i share with you guys as much as these movies get horrible reviews there's always a select gathering of critics who enjoy these movies mm-hmm. get they give it positive your, reviews your jimmy's or russell their jimmy's or russell it was richard brody's number 50 of the year the first one was uh, honestly the first one i think has its merits but like even like okay i'm looking at metacritic seven positive reviews for this movie Mick for freed for freed like IndieWire gave it a 75 Chris. and time stephanie zakark at time gave it a 70 vanity fair i think gave... stephanie zaharik has been on board with this series though <laughs> i think but anyway what i wanted to bring up was a review of oh the time the, the positive time review uh I just think, because it, it, it really praises uh, Dakota's performance. Can I read this? Yeah. Johnson is... Dimming the lights. Dimming Spotlight the lights. on Brandon. Johnson is fearless about stripping bare, but her bold flirtiness is inextricable from her dignity. The sauciness of her mother, Melanie Griffith, and the marble cool poise of her grandmother, Hitchcock blonde, Tippi Hendren, merge in her. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Like, I thought that was a very... Someone needs to praise Dakota Johnson in this shit trilogy. Well, some, some people have been vocal from the beginning. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I said it earlier, but I really think a lot of the credit for how steamy this film becomes goes to Dakota Johnson. I mean, just the libidinal desire you can feel from her. Like, it's no surprise that she's such good friends with Luca Guadagnino and worked with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, who, who is like our poet of movie. desire. Yeah, exactly. But just the way that she gets turned on by Christian and these stuff, like from the very first scene together, who cares if like the questions she's asking are, you know. No, I'm not gay. Yeah, insipid is a good word for it. Yeah, no, I'm not gay, Miss Steele. Iconic. The way that she is like just getting turned on without making too big of a deal of it. It's very good acting. At graduation when she's like, I heard he's gay. Oh, because he's hers. He belongs to her. Nailed it. I think that uh, this series uh, does a really great job of making Seattle a character. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Don't you love that, like, every single every single shot in the city has, like, a billboard in the background that says, Seattle! Like, she works <laughs> for a paper, or, like, that. they're at a paper called Seattle! <laughs> like, the, uh, you know. She works at oh, the yeah, Seattle, the, the Seattle Publishing. Yeah. Press. Yes, like, there's just, like, billboards in the background. It's like, Seattle, Seattle, Seattle. The Seattle Police, Pacific Northwest Bank. <laughs> like, they just really lacquer it on thick. In Fifty Shades of Grey, they go on the plane ride when we first hear Ellie Goulding's iconic tune. Love Me Like You Do. Love Me Like You Do. Golden Globe nominated. Love Me Like You Do. And then in the same movie, they go on a helicopter ride. And then in the same movie, don't they go, they go on an airplane ride. And then in the second movie, they go on a boat ride. 
Oh, mm-hmm. there's just planes, trains, and automobiles. And it's, uh, there's just so many. There's a helicopter Taylor crash Swift in the second one. Plays yes. on the boat ride. Yes, the Zane. Zane and Taylor Swift. I think that this series also uh, a hallmark of this series is helicopter um, uh, establishing shots of cityscapes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like the whole first like five minutes of Fifty Shades Freed is just like overhead Seattle. The Arc de Triomphe. Just like all these <laughs> stupid establishing shots that are moving from the sky. Yeah. It's a very handsomely shot trilogy. I don't think so. I mean, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> okay, the first movie is handsomely Seamus shot. Seamus McGarvey shoots it. I mean, there's a stacked uh, behind the scene or, uh, you know, below the line. I mean, because they have the money. Yeah. <laughs> money. Love money. Money, money, money. That's all why right. Dakota did it. <laughs> Mommy uh, probably told her, you need a hit. <laughs> And you know what? I think that Dakota Johnson deserved this elevated platform after stealing scenes in The Social Network and other things. After crushing the Fox television comedy Ben and Kate, which was on for like 10 episodes. What's that show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was with Nat Faxon. Oh, And they were best friends or brother and sister. Brother and sister. She was very good in it. I watched every episode of that show with Lucy Punch. Oh. was the friend. Celebrated British comedian. Yeah. She's... Very Do we have good. any commentary on Marcia Gay Harden? Oh, absolutely. Now is the time. That she's absolutely wasted in every possible way. Yeah, and that Her... she's not given enough to do, and she's always totally smashed in every scene she's <laughs> yes. to I like when she winks at the camera in the first one, and there's no gif of this, like at the dinner table. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. I love when she walks in and she's like, can't you call me mother or whatever, and it's like, let's nail at home who she is. <laughs> the mommy. <laughs> I love, um, sorry, I like, go ahead. Just her scene in Fifty Shades Freed. Which she one? Has, she has one. She has, she has one. When he's lost. Oh my god. Wait. No, that's in two. That's, that's in, in dark. two. Freed, she has, I'm pretty sure, I might be wrong, but she, I'm pretty sure she has, well, okay, she's in she's the background. She's in the wedding. But like her one speaking, like her one monologue, I guess, is like just I on the couch remember. when Anna's in bed. And Christian is at the bedside, and they're just, she's like, she's sticking around or whatever. It's just like, it's such a... I have a, no memory of this I don't scene. remember that at all. Exactly. <laughs> Michael Stuhlbarg, what a waste. <laughs> but I like when Dakota Johnson wakes up, and one of the first things she says is, I shot a guy. Like, she literally <laughs> says, I cannot believe I shot someone. And the audience is like, neither can we. <laughs> I can't believe that Christian Grey harbored a secret talent as a piano prodigy. I know. And oh my god, he sings. When he Maybe sings. I'm amazed. When he sings, I wanted to kill myself. And then, like, Rita Ora and, like, the brother are like, we didn't know. He, we had no idea. We've, oh no, we've never seen him sing before. <laughs> the fa- I tweeted this, but the fact that this... Franchise. Elio Palma has nothing on Christian Grey. <laughs> the fact that they cast Rita Ora in this thankless role for two movies. Wow. What a payoff in the third. It's <laughs> fucking kidnapped. She's not in the first one, though. Is she, she is. She oh. is. But she changes her look so drastically between oh. the movies, she looks like a different human. I they love... go, like, shopping together in the second one. Yeah. Character development. Is she yeah. also adopted? Are they are they all blood? an adopted family? No, I I, I kind of like are and are the, the, the other two the blood children. This I, is my question. I literally don't know because Rita Ora is mixed race. Right, that's my favorite fact, given who the parents are. <laughs> yeah, it makes it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that she's in this trilogy. Her blonde hair. Yeah, in the first movie, she has like a really short cut. She is more memorable than Jamie Dornan. The Correct. second build. 
Correct. The male lead. Who, there is an entire meme devoted to not knowing who she is. Oh, Rita Ora? Rita Ora. Yeah. Right. Oh, right, 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 right. And she is still more memorable than the second lead. Who we can't remember who that is. Mm-hmm. Correct. I When... I always forget Dakota Johnson's first build, and I like it makes me so happy every time. Yeah, it's very it's good. Well learned, pretty good, pretty, pretty good. good. So, do we have anything we want to say about the sex in this movie? I mean, we're gonna the whole Was their sex. Well, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna segue uh, at some point into talking about the Hollywood psychosexual thriller, which these films decidedly are not. But yeah. what what binds I can segue into that now? Sure, but well, right, but <laughs> but what I'm not ready. No, no, no. But what binds them together? Like why are like why why is sex a common refrain here? Like how does this movie approach sex? Well, it thinks it's a psychosexual thriller. Do you think so? I, I think, do. I think it thinks it's that. I think but the it's, first it's one not. thinks it's that because the first one's really the only one that gives a lot of attention to the kink stuff, and then in mm. the second and third, it's just commonplace by this point um like it doesn't feel twisty like their sex becomes boring in the second and third movies i mean the first movie is all about dakota johnson who is a virgin like entering into this sexual netherworld i guess i guess um that is the only memorable expression he has in the entire movie is reacting to her virginity yes virginity virginity (laughs) (laughs) uh i like well actually i don't like i was expecting Jamie Dorden drunk in Fifty Shades Free when he stumbles in. <gasps> I forgot I, about that. <laughs> when he stumbles in, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be good," and it was garbage. Fuck it her. was. It was best com- on screen drunk since Jimmy Stewart and Harvey. I gotta say, <laughs> I was so disappointed. You were with Elena, and you, you left me when I needed you, Christian. <sighs> Keep going. No, isn't that it? <laughs> her monologue though, when she's getting changed, is quite good. When she's actually pissing him. The or the, the writing? The acting. Yes. The writing's trash. But you the em- the emotion she portrays is quite good. Um, if you loved me, <laughs> you would stay here. <laughs> you have more memorized than any of us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that's anything my, she says. That's I my just, favorite part. <laughs> I just felt, I felt like it was channeling, not channeling, but I was reminded of the... Um, uh, uh, Kristen Stewart harness scene. Oh. Yeah. So because she's it's it's very focused on what she's putting on and what she's dressing and mm-hmm. no, I like that scene from James Freed. Foley. James Foley, a James Foley picture. <laughs> um, but yeah, the sex in this movie. Uh, I mean, two and the three. The problem is that the first one employs uh, the female gaze, and the second two yes. employ the male gaze. I wonder right. why that could be. Right. Maybe because the director switched from a woman to a man. Perhaps. And that's that's that's. I'm glad you brought that up because it is it is mo- part of what elevates the first movie. The third because one of is the female more gaze equal, but the second one is very much only fetishizing her body. I agree. I agree. And I think that's partly why the sex in the third one feels fresher than what came before it. Only because it's equal playing field between the two lovers. Mm-hmm. Um, in sequels and in threequels in Hollywood, like you always have to go bigger, badder, more explosive, more intense, amping up the set pieces. Like, how do we top what came before? And I think you get that in the sex scenes in the third one. They're not better, but there is more of like, they announce themselves louder. There's more of a thrust. Like... I don't know. It's boring, though. I mean, I can't remember any sex scene in the third one except the ice cream, which I'm like, isn't that just sticky? 
<laughs> yeah, that seems counterintuitive. That went, scene is hot. Though. The stick is for later. Is it? Yes, I think so. I was just, I was very. Um, this is probably just my own like OCD, but like I was like trying to think if I was doing that, I'd be like, I wouldn't want that because there's ice cream on me. I'm like, and I feel sticky. I'm sexually attracted to Dakota Johnson in that scene. She's so good. Again, she she's electro exactly electrifyingly so. That's um, true. She is. I also good. would really like to say I can't believe. It takes this movie, three movies, to admit that a man that is that controlled in his everyday life is not the dominant. In yes, bed. of course. Like obviously, you're the bottom if that's how you behave, IRL. Well, he started out as a sub. Yes, he did. He right, was Kim Basinger's sub, mm-hmm. which is my band's name, by the way. Kim <gasps> Basinger's sub. Oh my god, you're topping from the bottom. I gasped. That was the last line of the franchise, <laughs> isn't it? Doesn't she says something else? I think. Yeah, and then it ends like The Godfather with the door being closed on Dakota Johnson on her profile. Yes, (laughs) kneeling. I want you. I want you flat on your knees, (laughs) tender, open. I got hair braided. She asks him in the third like one, a horse. Why do you always braid my hair? And it's ex- it's in the fucking contract. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's just exposition to get it into the third movie, but yes. it's like. There's got to be a more elegant way to do that. Why do you always braid my hair? <laughs> oh, Lord. Let's talk about Glenn Close. Yeah, let's... Okay, so let's dive into our homework that My we had. My favorite performance in the history of filmmaking, Glenn Close. In Fatal Attraction. Attraction. It's Alex so, Forrest. She's she is so, so good. Open. Yes. Vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, she... I on her back. She, yeah, she she does something that Kim Basinger also does in Basic Instinct, and that... Sharon Stone. And, did I say... You Kim said Basinger. Kim Basinger. Kim, oh, wow. You're addicted. I'm addicted. That's so funny, because yeah. I told someone I was watching uh, Basic Instinct last night, uh-huh. and they were like, is that the one where Kim flashes her pussy? I was like... Wow. I was like, oh. Close. Yes, but Sharon Stone. But Sharon. <laughs> but, but these performances, and it's true in, like, um, it's true in Body Heat, too. Um, these are performances that like just lull you into a sense of safety. Like they disarm you. They're uh-huh. hypnotic, and then eventually they become a little they bit more twist as well. But I don't. I am not on Sharon Stone's or Kathleen Turner's side the way I'm on Alex sure. Forrest's side. I I think that, that performance is just like next level. Yeah, something that has never been done before or since. I yeah, agree, because but... you do like Kathleen Turner and Sharon Stone. They are sinister. You feel a sinister air about that. Well, Kathleen right. Turner, they're just it's not guarded. until much later. But I, they're much more guarded. I yeah, think yeah, the yeah. quality that binds them together though is that. Um, all three performers are playing characters who have in some way been wounded by the patriarchy. Yeah. And they are taking advantage of a man's lasciviousness and stupidity in order to get what they want out Should, of it. Have we said the name of all three movies that we're discussing? Ben, why don't you do that for we us? Had, we <laughs> gave ourselves some homework this week. Yeah. We watched Fatal Attraction, Body Heat, and Basic Instinct. And these yeah. are the heroines of each yeah, I mean, we're talking about psychosexual thrillers in comparison, or on their own, to Fifty Shades of Grey, a failed psychosexual a failed thriller. Psychosexual thriller. <laughs> trilogy. Psychosexual right, right. trilogy. Yes. I mean, I I mean, mean they Michael failed across his three. own unofficial psychosexual trilogy. Yeah, so he's Fatal Traction, Basic Instinct, and then um, Jagged Edge. In, I was going to say Indecent Proposal. I mean, he's oh. been in like 40 of them, yeah. more than a trilogy. But I, I, I wish s- that we had a time to watch Jade before this, William Freakin's Jade. Oh. 
I also want to talk it's about just bring up how the what's attractive, what's mainstream attractive in the male body from the eighties and nineties <laughs> oh. to to the twenty tens. Yeah, like okay, William Hurt and Douglas uh, Michael, Michael Douglas had like like kind of defined biceps and some pecs. Yeah, it's like and, and William were... Hurt is actually hot though. Michael yeah. Douglas just looks like unformed clay. It's like <laughs> they're not they don't have an ounce of fat on their bodies, but they're not defined. Right. Yeah, it but used to be just pecs. That it was used to just be pecs. In the old days. Compared to now like where Robert you, Mitchum. Now every, the, oh, everything Mitchum's has to be hot. rippling. In the V for victory down below. The V for yeah, victory. The cum gutters. The cum gutters. I wasn't going to say it. I'll say it. And pe- <laughs> people have brought this up even like in the superhero world where these bodies have just become this uh, this the new norm of yeah, what's know, sexy. It, it's an unrealistic mm-hmm. body. No one really has them in the real world unless right. they've dedicated... Like, 60% of their life to mm-hmm. having that body. Yeah. But, like, these guys in the 80s, 90s, like, okay, that's it's like a, that's a dude's that dude. No, I don't think it is either. William Hurt's body in Body Heat is much hotter. So hot. And he has a yeah. flat chest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So hot. He's just very lean. He's always covered in sweat. He's always glistening yeah. in perspiration. I loved, loved Body Heat. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. The first time I saw it, I was still smoking cigarettes, and I had to pause the movie halfway through to go outside <laughs> and just, like, smoke. breathe. The I yeah. love when they're in the will meeting and yes do you mind if i smoke and they all light up and then there's a time lapse so that the room is foggy i mean in every room in body heat is already foggy Mm -hmm. right and ted danson's line ted danson is great outstanding and it made me sad for the film career that he did never had yeah he's had a very successful television career he's mr tv it's just like true like great that i mean i love cheers i've seen every single episode of cheers more than once probably and he's truly amazing but I, it's just like this is the ability to have seen him in other parts would have been really exciting. he's really spectacular in this movie the way that he surprisingly car- uh, carves an arc out for this character that mm-hmm. he is so goofy at first and he's sort of the like the i thought he was playing gay at first, he, he's, he's he's the not. yeah he's the, a little bit gay he's a beta male mm-hmm. compared yeah. to william hurt i like he's, his little dance yeah there's a flamboyant but his he, little he, dance move he yeah. ends up having the um uh, the Edward G. Robinson yeah. role in Double Indemnity. Yeah. I mean, uh, Double Indemnity is one of my top five favorite films, mm-hmm. which is partly why I love Body Heat so much, just as like a transfiguration of that uh, plot line. Yeah. But um, I just also appreciate how fucking hot the whole thing is, not mm-hmm. just in terms of the sex, but from the very beginning, you're like watching people not wearing any clothes in a just sweaty bedroom, sweating. staring at a fire mm-hmm. out the window. Like we are in hell from the beginning. And I this is an interesting thing to talk about. Well, go ahead. When uh, the at towards the end, uh, Ted Danson and the other cop come over, and William Hurt still just takes his shirt off because he's home and it's that hot. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't care that yeah. they're having like a business meeting. <laughs> they're in his home, and he's. And I, I like the payoff of Kathleen Turner's character not wanting. Just don't bring up the heat. That's one of the first things yes. she says to William Hurt. And then she's like, she's gotten away with it all. Mm-hmm. And she's in wherever, tropical paradise, yeah. sitting there. And the whatever man she's with is like, it's hot. <laughs> and she's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that payoff. It's great. I, so I, I, I think it's an interesting notion, sex positivity in these films. Uh, not just the Fifty Shades films, but the psychosexual thriller of the 80s and 90s. Because they're they're frank about sex in a way that like everybody has sex, so it makes sense to just you put it in a mainstream Hollywood film. But 
Um, because sex, especially in like the Reagan 80s and moving out of it, I mean, we're going through the AIDS crisis, all this mm-hmm. stuff. Like, it is definitely connotated, or, you know, it's people bring up sex as they do with sin, right? Yeah. So, especially, like, Body Heat is a movie where you are told almost from the beginning, like, you're in hell. Like, this entire movie plays out in hell. And then you get something like Basic Instinct that I think has a much splashier relationship to sex where it well, becomes... I love Paul Verhoeven's idea of what sex looks like yeah I mean sex my... is not complete without an ice pick going in the eye you know that first it opens and they're just like thrashing <laughs> she... each other she has to whip her hair the way she whips her I whip hair my hair back and forth to I mean I get it is to shield her face so we yeah, don't know who so, it is yeah. but it is I like I didn't realize that's how Basic Instinct opened, yeah. and that the fact that that was the first four minutes of the movie, I was like, this is my favorite movie of all time. I also didn't realize <laughs> that uh, the her being questioned by the police was the break into Act Two. Yeah, I thought that was like a big I did final too. set. Piece. It's it's really the first time you spend time with that character yeah. under investigation. Uh, Sharon Stone is so good. In outstanding, this movie. duplicitous. Basic Instinct has so much going on, so many layers. Because, like... And it's, like, Verhoeven's most subtle... I agree. ...movie yeah, it's, that I've ever seen. And it's Apart about, from, like, like, the cowboy... Like, the cowboy position, backward movement becomes a motif <laughs> yeah. throughout the film. Yes, oh, that's and, true. And leaning back every on the time you The think, sex is a bit over the top, yes. but the rest of it. Yeah. Every time she leans back to orgasm and lands, you think, is it going to be a pick? There's going to be an ice pick? And I love the use of... The Hitchcock references in it. It's Vertigo, right? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. And we didn't, we didn't and watch. And it does the family plot. Uh, the car, car chase. chase Thank on you. The, on the I, I thought mountain. that too. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, oh yeah. It's uh, when I was watching it, I was thinking that if we had had more time to plan for this and had more time for all of us to watch more movies, we should have kind of uh, dug into De Palma as well. Yeah. Especially Body Double and Dress to Kill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you two seen Dress to Kill? I've seen Dress to Kill. I don't know if you agree with me on this. So I think Dress to Kill, uh, the first act is one of the best movies ever made. <laughs> I mean, it is a total ripoff of Vertigo mm-hmm. and Psycho mm-hmm. um, by design. It is playing sort of similarly to, um, oh, we talked about this for another movie uh, on an episode, basically like how past, using pastiche to like forward your story rather yeah. than just lean on uh, past conventions, like mm-hmm. actually doing something with them. And then it just becomes so transphobic in the third act that I just can't stand Uh, the movie. But it's a tough movie. It's a tough movie. I mean, it is. I like. I was watching it a couple years ago. I'm like, this is one of my top fifteen films I've ever seen. And then there's this transphobic twist. And I was like, fuck this movie. I had it on Criterion and I gave it to a friend. Wow. Like, don't don't give me any money. Like, take this away from me. I don't want this in my house. Um. But yeah, I was really impressed with Basic Instinct. Just like the the how it plays with like people mimicking and like mm-hmm. doubles doubles like because you see sharon stone's iconic interrogation scene and then yeah. michael <clears throat> douglas does he has the same thing yeah scene. and well, he repeats lines yes yeah, so of her that that yeah. here's something i want to talk about because i'm sure that you could look at the trifecta of body heat fatal attraction and basic instinct as having some underlined misogyny or a dubious view of women, mm-hmm. just in terms of how uh, how they end up corrupting like the men around them. I would argue that all three movies have limp dick male protagonists mm-hmm. who themselves are beta males. They're pathetic. Yep. They're horn dogs. They, yeah. they're they're not great intellects. They're completely 
they're thinking with their they can't get their head out of their cockpit to quote Carrie Fisher right mm -hmm. and so it's not so much like when Michael Douglas has his interrogation and he is copying the same cigarette line as yeah. not Kim Basinger and, um, as Sharon Stone uh, in the interrogation room like it's not so much that he is that's not learned behavior it's that these men take this this like mysterious like sexual quality of these women and use it as an excuse to just feed into their basest instincts yeah which I wasn't even trying Into to wasn't even basic instincts. wasn't even trying to do that. Yeah, like I yeah I don't I mean maybe elements of the movies are misogynist, but like I think like when he starts drinking again and smoking, like right, it's not because of uh, it's not because of um, Sharon Stone's character. It's just that he's he's so weak willed. He's just looking for an excuse to. I think feed by the end of Fatal Attraction, you are definitely asked to believe that she is the villain. But like watching it in twenty eighteen. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Fatal Attraction. So I love the ending of Basic Instinct and uh, Body Heat because the women come out on top. But like Fatal Attraction, body I heat, don't. I mean, not Body Heat. Uh, basic Instinct, she's literally on top at yeah. the yeah. end of the movie. And um, revealed but, to actually, or maybe a killer, mm -hmm. you know. But Fatal, in, fatal, sorry, fatal Attraction, I do not like that ending. She becomes the villain and well, she must which be Well, wasn't the original ending. Right, which I read about that mm -hmm. and I think that's very... Glenn Close does not like the ending The audience, The audience with. wanted the whore punished. Right. Is what it is. Yeah. It's what a, was it's, the original ending? I used to know this and I don't Well, she, she, um, she ends up framing Michael Douglas. And he goes to jail at the end. Yes. Which, right. which is a that. much better ending. Would yeah. love that. Um, so it's a studio. It's studio interference. Something I want to talk about with Basic Instinct that I haven't really thought through all the way, but we're gonna we're gonna go there. Is yes. that it's like a really interesting interrogation of how movies are made, like in a like a meta textual way. Is that like she? It's all about storytelling and like the things that we tell ourselves, and she is like trying to write herself out of this murder that she's gotten herself into, and she's trying to write the story about Michael Douglas, and like she knows that he doesn't smoke anymore and doesn't drink anymore, and she's like. She is trying to, like, play filmmaker to him. And I don't really know where that ends, but, like, it's just something I've been thinking about. Yeah. Well, I mean, all three of these women are manipulative. Mm -hmm. And you can certainly see how a lot of straight men would automatically take that as villainous. Right. Like, these are the bad guys because they're manipulative. But it's actually, they're just the smartest people in the room. And to get what they want, they have to pull the strings of the you know, dumb male characters in the room, which is all too easy. They're, they're heroes, really. I mean, mm -hmm. they're, they're surveying the situation. They all wear white. And they all wear white. As I said earlier. Well, I, I, I think that all three characters do have a certain level of purity, whether or not that means that they're sprinkling fairy dust around and are fundamentally good giving creatures. Yeah. They have a purity of their intentions. The first time Glenn Close wears black is when she goes to visit Michael Douglas at his office. Which I like that one of the best bits of acting that she has ever oh, done in yeah. her career, and she's so hurt. Yep, she knows it's over. Ah, I just wish the ending was different. I know. I think it's still satisfying on a genre level. Yeah, but sure. The, but yeah, the yeah, story, yeah. but the, it doesn't serve the story. No, Fatal she, Attraction. She deserves to be redeemed. Yeah, Fatal Attraction is one of my very favorite movies, and the ending is something that keeps it. From it's very clear they just the they movie. wanted the wife to be the woman yeah. that wins. Well, right. and Ann Archer probably got her Oscar nomination for mm -hmm. doing that scene. Ann Archer's great in the film. Yeah, Ann Archer got an Oscar nomination for that. Yes, she did. Wow, for screaming. This got like all. The Oscar Fatal Attraction got six nominations, I think. What? 
Yeah. Only for best picture. Best picture. It? Not best, best director. Probably, I don't think Adrian Lyne got the nomination. Okay, I did not know Fatal Attraction was an Oscar movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. It got best editing. Um, I wrote for the film experience a couple years ago about the editing in that film. Yeah. Holy shit. Best picture, best actress, best supporting and amateur, best director. Oh, best director. Best writing and editing. Yeah, I think, yeah. The, I think the editing in this film is spectacular. I think the editing is largely responsible for the feeling of invasion. Where's Basic Instinct's Oscar nominations? Yeah. Uh... It, it actually oh, got, got, it got, it got Best Editing and Best Score nominations, and Sharon Stone got the Globe nom. How great. She should have gotten an Oscar nomination. What about Body Heat? But Body Heat didn't be- get anything. Sharon Stone falls under, Kathleen but they're Turner too beautiful to be taken seriously. Yeah, although Thank she you. did, I mean, what Casino, Casino is a couple she, years after that, She got right? the Casino nomination. She is a Kathleen Turner got New Star of the Year in a motion picture <laughs> Golden Globe nomination. Yeah. She and should the have, same thing at the BAFTAs. She should have been nominated for Best Actress. So why do you think, I, I, I just want to force us to think a little deeper about this subject here. Why, why does sex meld so beautifully into a genre picture like this? And why is it crucial that it's uh, tied, to, tied to psychology as well? and death are the only things that matter in life. Yeah. Yeah. I sex agree. and death. Yeah. And every movie has to be about one and they go very well together because they're the beginning and the end of life mm-hmm. and they can like work death can work as birth and sex can work as death and so they're just inextricably linked Mm -hmm. i agree i think that sex is so sex is both an adventure in and of itself which ties it to genre so beautifully um just like the unpredictability of it the ups and downs and the push and pull like are just perfectly suited for a picture because that's what your characters are doing anyway and sex is a negotiation so it's a third it's a three-act play in and of itself as well and it's, you know, everybody gets horny. And so. it's the most exposed you can ever be as a human being. Its subtext becomes very clear in sex. And that's why the scene where Sharon Stone ties Michael Douglas's hand with the white scarf is terrifying. So tense. You think she's going to ice pick him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, movies are all about power dynamics and that between he characters. Is, you can see the fear in his eyes, but he is so excited. He's... It's the sex of the the le- the, the sex of the century. the fuck of the century. Yeah. Here. Fuck of the century. Yeah. It's just the fuck of the century. I love that he then repeats the line to her later, and he's like, "I I said earlier it was the fuck of the century." She's like, "It was a pretty okay beginning." <laughs> I also love that Sharon Stone's a lesbian, like has a lesbian relationship in it. Apparently, that did not go over well at the time. Of course um, not. But I don't necessarily. I can see why a stupid American audience is gonna is gonna correlate homosexuality or bisexuality with villainy villainy yeah but i don't really see that as much as it is she is just unpredictable she you can't pin her down and that includes her preferences um dress to kill however is deeply transphobic right because i also don't think that i mean i know we are led to believe in the end finally yes that she is the killer but i don't think she's a villain it's a very interesting way that she's characterized we're just gonna have to see basic instinct too i know 2006 mm-hmm. holy shit i googled that and i was like oh my god sure i think it's on back. hulu it's on amazon prime it's on amazon prime i had to rent basic instinct, instinct but basic instinct 2 is ready to on watch prime so i just wanted to look up because you quoted daniel that line she's evil she's brilliant <laughs> gene Triplehorn. <laughs> she's evil she's brilliant <laughs> That performance, I love that character. I do too. Elizabeth Garner, or whatever her name is. Beth. 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 Why do you go by Beth now? My husband well. called me Beth. 
<laughs> then I just need you to imitate all the all the characters. You're very good at this. You have a real knack for that. I'm an actor. <laughs> I'm an actor. It's you. You at the SAG Awards. It's Jennifer Aniston's I'm birthday today. It's my dad's birthday today. Oh my god! My friend whose birthday party I went to last night's birthday today. Oh my god! It's Laura Dern's birthday today. Yesterday. 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 What is nine months ago <laughs> that everyone was horny? I don't know. Oh, I'm like, what was in the news? Nine, oh, nine months. Right, sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Hmm. <laughs> the end of school. Hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, oh, boy. What else do we have to say? I don't know. Do we not have anything I have, to say? I have plenty more to say. I mean, I have questions to ask. Sure. I. Hmm, where do I want to go? I don't know. I don't know. What I mean, I'm I can ask. Why don't where we, am I? Why don't we make these movies anymore? Why don't we make psychosexual thrillers? 50 we Shades, did. Fifty Shades of Grey. It doesn't count. I mean, because the, America has gotten more and more conservative since the mid seventies, and we're not done with. Sure, that yet. but we, but we made these movies in a time of extreme conservatism. Yeah, um, it's worse now. Yeah, I still think that it's gotten I, I worse think and we're... worse and worse. It's like there's an episode of Seinfeld. Where Elaine will not date a man because he's pro, uh, he's pro life, he's pro life. Yeah, that I just episode about that on of television podcast. would never be on NBC today. What about Live Will? It and might Grace? be on Netflix. I mean, it, it, there's another sure, platform for it. But we're talking about big studio filmmaking. Sure, and that's the analog. Yeah. I just don't. It's just so interesting that something like Fifty Shades of Grey was very popular with middle with everyone in America. It, yeah, it, the trilogy crossed one billion dollars worldwide, and it's 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 about something very unconventional. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why it gives people uh, it gives this outlet. I mi- guess it gives Middle Americans um, an excuse or, or, or a facade. Yes, to of, feel of, risque. Yeah, well, I mean, they're they're they can read that book in public. You know, it's just a unless you're reading the title, like they're yeah. just reading a paperback, right? And then it actually is feeding this. Real buttoned-up desire that we need, but I think as the evangelicals have risen in the past thirty years, that there no one wants to offend that market. Even though I don't think that market goes to the movies. Who knows why f- studios make decisions they make? Yeah, they right. Make the decisions. I do wonder if now that Fifty Shades is over. Maybe studios were avoiding that space because they thought mm-hmm. Fifty Shades of Grey was filling it. And now that it's gone, maybe sells. someone else could someone else could come out with a big yeah. studio psychosexual thriller. Which you're right, we haven't seen since the '90s. Yeah, well, the '80s and the '90s. I mean, because um, like Basic Instinct is '91, '92. Like mm-hmm. it's the tail end of the H.W. Bush years. Fatal Attraction mm-hmm. comes out under Reagan, I think, or it yeah, might maybe it during H.W. Yeah, I mean, I I was gonna say that maybe as we. Because I feel like Indecent Proposal is, like, the last one, and mm-hmm. it was, like, 94, 95. Oh, what about and, Unfaithful? Well, that's 2002, oh, yeah. and, and that's that was, Bush era. Like, this is what I'm saying. And is, that was thought of as, like, a comeback yeah, of Adrian that Lyne. genre. Of Adrian Lyne, who, who does yeah. Fatal Attraction, and then... Um, also nominated for an Oscar. Diane Lane? Yeah, yeah. she got the nomination. <gasps> what I'm oh, trying to... Only Oscar nomination. What oh, I'm trying to God. get at here is while we are in an an administration that is a whole new I mean it's not just a matter of like Trump representing conservatism we don't even we don't need to waste time by talking about all the myriad evils he represents but these movies tend to come out in times of conservatism perhaps as catharsis or 
because you, I guess you can read them as sex negative in a way, like because there's this danger that is yeah. wrapped up in all of the sex in these movies. Like maybe, maybe we will see something again soon. I mean, Fifty Shades. I don't think you can call psychosexual, except for maybe the first one because she's trying to apply her, like trying to turn her preferences into something else. Like she's trying to wrap her existence up into this new one. But she's trying to reconcile being a strong feminist. Yes, and letting herself get hit yeah. for this man that she loves. Right, right. To, like, make that relationship work. Yeah. I mean, the reason why Fifty Shades gets greenlit is because they were very popular books. Yeah, Not because right. the studios thought that now is the time to give right. sex a try. No, yeah, it was very much, let's cash in on this cash yeah. cow. I mean, it's also a matter of, like, these are movies that are not, they're not funded by monolithic studios like today. I mean, it's either a number of production companies or... I, I don't know if Orion is involved in any of them, but you think about, like, the mini-majors of the 80s. Right. Like, like Orion, for instance, like has, like, th- two or three Best Picture winners, I think. And that, I mean, that's basic long in, gone. Been, basic Instinct is TriStar before Columbia bought it. Right. And it's Studio Canal. Right. So it's like, it is a Hollywood movie, but it is money that Verhoeven cobbled, cobbled together. Cobbled together, exactly. Right. And maybe that's another reason why you don't have that anymore. I think Fatal Attraction was Orion. I think it was. I think it was. I think that's why I'm thinking Orion. Was was Soderbergh's side effects a psychosexual thriller? It came up in IMDb's list of. Yes, I think you call it. It, that. it, it was. I mean, it, and that it, was 2013. It was a. But it wasn't a big studio movie. No, I mean it was Soderbergh's last film, and and. And it's was, not like, the sex is necessarily foregrounded, if I remember correctly. It's not a. It, no, it's, it's not, like a. It, it's it is a, a plot sexy point. movie. Yeah. But it's not about sex. It's like, a, there's a twist involving Catherine Zeta-Jones and Rooney Mara, right. like, being in a lesbian relationship. Right. Like, that's sort of mostly how I remember the sex going in that movie, mm-hmm. which is different, because, like you said, Ben, it's not foregrounded. It doesn't become this vessel to explore themes and characters. It's not through. the inciting incident. Right. The way that these movies, sex is the inciting incident. Don't you think that, like, sorry, I meant to say this earlier, but Double Indemnity, in a way, is a psychosexual thriller mm-hmm. in its own right. I mean, there's a reason why Body Heat, such an easy template to graft onto. We don't see them fuck until much later into the film, though. No, but I mean, we basically see them fuck in uh, Barbara Stanwyck's living room. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, how fast was I going, officer? <laughs> like, that whole conversation? Yeah. Like, verbally, they are... It's foreplay. Right. What about... This is an interesting one. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. No. I would say no. 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 I think also, that... a movie that is sexy, but it's Rudy not. is not sexy. It's not based off Sex. This is why it's the Bruni Mara characterization of Elizabeth Salander is better than Nomi Rapace's because Rooney is not a sexual being. Yeah. As a woman who has been brutally raped for her entire life, mm-hmm. she's completely desexualized her figure. Yeah. And that is not true. To of, the male gaze, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That is not true of Nomi Scandinavian. I think those films. movies are trash. What? Uh, yeah, I, the Scandinavian. I, ones? I think they're terrible yeah, films. I don't like them. I like the first one. I really don't. Uh, I, I mean, it, 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 it's like good. the worst. Oh no, she's great, but it's like the worst example of a movie being overly faithful to a book. It is overly faithful. Like you yeah, never yeah. really soak in any of the plot points. It's just a matter of making sure we get to the next chapter. It feels like a miniseries. But this is an interesting question. I mean, we're bringing up this idea of like, is this this is sexy, but is it a psychosexual thriller? I'm just looking at IMDb's list. Okay, well, I, yeah. I, I was just going to say that like, I think that the difference between the two is that the psychosexual thriller embraces how sex is a game between partners, mm-hmm. and that becomes the main drama of the movie. Not even like between sexual partners, but how everybody in the cast mm-hmm. is where they land, where on the 
in this mind game, where are they on the chessboard? And where are they in the food chain? Exactly. Like, and, and, and how is sex going to change up the placement of the board? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rather than this is just sort of a movie that has fucking in it. Mm-hmm. Which is why Fifty Shades of Grey is the, the first one was the closest you get to a psychosexual thriller. And then after that, I mean, the consent between Anastasia and Christian really doesn't drive the it, second and third not, film. Yeah, it's not driving the narrative. They just are doing things in their lives and just have sex over yes. over the soundtrack. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's my imitation of the weekend song. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, what is that? <laughs> yes. Oscar nominated. Correct. Yes. Okay, um, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. We haven't seen a movie that deals with the psychosexual like power play between two partners. Um, Other than Phantom Thread. Yes. But that doesn't no, have sex not. in it. No. We, you could argue that there is no sex in that movie. But I don't think it's sexless. I don't either. And I just But it's you, the closest we've gotten. You could argue that, and you could believe if you choose to believe that they don't have sex, this couple. And I think they definitely do. I do too. But I'm... I think we talked about this on the, the episode. It's the a, argument is there. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, we've talked about that already. Yes, I completely agree with you. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, but I, I do think, I've said this 20 minutes ago, but I do think now that Fifty Shades is gone, I think a studio will step up to the plate and make something like that with two big stars and it's going to be super sexy. need a property. That's the whole question, right? What like, property? That's would why they Fifty do? Shades is greenlit. It's based on this pre-existing book franchise that every, you know lots it's of like, Americans read. Sure, like an Annapurna might just greenlight an original or like a auteur-driven psychosexual thriller, but I don't think a studio will unless it is another like book property. Right. It's, and, yeah. And frankly, if, just if it's a book property, it means that it's going to be watered down. It's not going to be very adventurous, right? It's going to be played safe, like the Fifty Shades franchise was. I mean, like, I think see... Fifty Shades was adventurous. But I, I th- yeah, we can talk about that. Um, like, I'd love to see I, Verhoeven come back and do one. Well, L is a psychosexual. I was going to bring up L. L is a psychosexual. Was supposed killer. to be in English. Yes, with Meryl Streep. Until what? He was until he cast Isabel, and they were like, "Okay, we'll do it in French." And it, it works so perfectly as a skewering of like the French bourgeois. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's perfect in that in that way. I, oh, I need to rewatch it. But, but I do too. Oh. So, but Fifty Shades, I think, might be given a little too much credit by certain corners of film criticism for doing something different. Like when you look at just how cookie cutter most studio pictures are, I'm not sure we should be lavishing credit on these films for being like avant-garde in the way that their plot recite like that their plot it's like a fucking rubik's cube like shifts yeah. like every five minutes we're on a different color different side like i think that's more of a symptom of poor writing and the reason oh, why yeah. the reason why we want to herald it is because it is it just looks and feels different than the drivel we're used to from the right. studios that all looks the same that doesn't i mean that's it that means that we are shifting our standard to the lowest common denominator in right. terms of what a studio can do i mean look at mother like it, it doesn't right. all have to be that. Like we we can expect more from a movie than just the way that Fifty Shades Freed changes its plot every breath. Basically. Yeah, I guess I'm more referring to just the first one. Yeah, I think the second two are garbage. I see. I think but the, the first one I think actually did something interesting. Well, I agree. I agreed with you earlier on that idea, but I guess what I mean more is like it is a good studio 
film, like than what we are used to right now, which means that it's okay for me. Like right. it is competent. That's how I feel. It, it it is daring in places, especially I think the cinematography is uh, ex- uh, adventurous in certain ways. I think the Dakota Johnson is great. I think that I I appreciate that that film sticks to its plot and is all built around this idea of like are Anastasia and Christian coming together or going apart? Like they're from two different worlds. They're going to be able to like meld it together or not. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, there's a cohesiveness to 50 shades of gray. The first film that I admire and appreciate because again, frankly, my standard has probably dropped to a lowest common denominator thing when it comes to studio films. It's like when I watch like an old studio movie from the seventies or the eighties, not the seventies because they were very good, Mm -hmm. but like the eighties or the nineties. And you're like, Oh, these movies have directors, right? You're just like, just like baseline and beautiful, beautiful three act script. Visual storytelling is happening in a way that we don't get in any studio movies today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in this David Mamet book that I'm reading, he talks about the difference between a movie that is a drama and a movie that is a pornography. And Fifty Shades of Grey, even if it's not 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 relating to the sex at all is a pornography it's just a succession of scenes and tentpole pieces and there isn't really any human like stakes yeah no apart from what dakota johnson is giving the character and her performance it's like there's in the third movie jack is the villain but there's no point at which i think christian and anna are not going to end up together. Yes. Yeah. Know? Or they're, that Jack they're never really, in danger. There's no that's what I was real yeah, human emotional tension. The fact yeah. that Anna, after getting the threatening call from Jack, spends thirty to thirty minutes to an hour at a bank. <laughs> it's like what the fuck? Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> she had to get cash out. It's like that scene goes on for so long, and it it removes all tension in the beginning of the movie when they find out. It's they they someone has broken into Gray Enterprises and they think it's Jack. The very next scene, he is carrying her over the threshold of their home as if the previous scene didn't happen. Yeah, that there is not someone trying to kill them actively right now, <laughs> which is a lot of fun. This is an example of what I'm saying though. Like yeah. it's to be enjoyed, like we are right now. This roundtable of how the fuck did they get away with doing this? Yeah, not that. How brilliant that was yeah. to have such a uh, an askew uh, approach to uh, plot, you know? My, like it's just totally it's a thoughtless. mistake. My it's thing, mismanaged. My mm-hmm. thing with Fifty Shades is people walked out of my screening of on Friday like just giggling with Great. pure glee. Like mm-hmm. they got exactly what they wanted out of these movies. They're stupid. They're dumb. It's like why can't please correct me on this but why can't 50 shades get the same credit as something like the greatest showman which is pure Mm. poop but it provides just pure unadulterated just like enjoyment just well surface level but maybe my enjoyment of both movies is like pure schadenfreude it has nothing to do with what the movies are giving me Mm -hmm. it's just that i hate them both so much (laughs) that i laugh at them yeah i'm not laughing with either movie Yeah. yeah 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 and i i think Fifty Shades is getting the exact same thing as The Greatest Showman. No, Fifty we'll Shades see. gets I mean, shit on. Fifty Shades Greatest has Showman been out gets, for a weekend. Gets a, gets a Broadway iteration. Well, great, Greatest Showman well, gets sh- money. It gets shit on, but right. it's making a lot of money. It's and we'll only getting Broadway. I remember money. when Fifty money, Shades yeah. of Grey came out. I, Fifty I was, Shades of Grey. I was working at a production company. Yeah. 
and we were talking about how Fifty Shades was coming out that weekend, and I said, this movie's going to make a lot of money, but it's going to make it all in the first weekend, because anyone who wants to see this movie has been waiting for it and is going on Friday night. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a huge drop-off between weekends one and two, and yeah. there was. So we'll see what happens with Fifty Shades Free. It'll drop. It'll yeah. drop off, yeah. It was number one this weekend, but yeah, it'll... I mean, we were there on Friday night. Hell yeah. We ben were... and I had some wine. We were one of, like, four groups <laughs> yeah. in the theater. It was empty. My theater was also empty, but I thought it was because I was at Landmark and only old people go that I way. I think it was actually because it was the opening ceremonies at the Olympics. Oh, could, yeah, it oh, could be that. Oh, interesting. But it was what still a, what a, number what one. What is Valentine's Day weekend? But, like, what a weird weekend to drop yeah. if you're concerned about making money. Like, yeah. you wouldn't well, make, they wanted it, the Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Yeah. They probably wouldn't have done it. That's why it it did start on Wednesday night, didn't it? Yes. yes. They moved That's why. It. That's why. You're right. So they did yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Would you say, by the way, that Basic Instinct is Hitch Schlockian? Yes. yes. I thought of that pun a minute ago. Nice. <laughs> Wanted to get it on the mic. Thank you. Um, yeah, the problem with Fifty Shades is that, unlike a Hitchcock or a Basic Instinct or any of the other movies that we watched for this discussion, Body Heat is uh, that, like, those movies are about, like, the distance between two people. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the only thing that actually matters that one could make a movie about. Again, it, But, like, Fifty Shades totally fumbles doing that. In, in a way, because Fifty Shades makes all three movies about consent and trust, you are just diluting your tension to such a degree that it, it's totally watered down. Like, these other movies, Fatal Attraction, Body Heat, Basic Instinct, and Phantom Thread, for instance, like, these are all about trust between people how that wavers how that breaks and then how that impacts you as if you are watching it how does that suspicion thrill you how does like these movies are thrillers and the reason why they get your heart rate going is because you're invested in how these characters are playing one another mm -hmm. and you don't ever really get that in the 50 no. shades film christian and anna by the end of the trilogy they're a boring ass couple they're boring by have with you too yeah they're very boring yeah by the way, I love that she has like that that street art poster that's like "Start a Revolution" that she has I in her apartment. Oh, oh in my the God. second one, it's that's like so I, funny. yeah, it's like on her wall in the second one, and it's like my favorite detail. It's like Andy Warhol esque like multicolored bicyclists in a diagonal, and it's like mm. "Start your own revolution." I love and then in the that. third one, she's moved it into her office. <gasps> Shut up! Yeah, that's so good. okay. We haven't brought up. Uh... People talk about this on the internet, but Christian Gray's Chronicles of Riddick poster <laughs> yes. in his bedroom in Darker. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Iconic. I, when I was watching when it uh, the other night, I, yes. I, did, I did a double take. Oh, and then, of course, you know, we can't get away without mentioning the original psychosexual thriller about a sex worker working out of her home, juggling the myriad demands of domestic life, who eventually takes a kitchen knife into a man's jugular. She ice picks him. She ice picks him. Jean Dielman is the original, the original. Sharon Stone and Basic oh my Instinct. God. Wow. Truly wow. Truly wow. <laughs> Big wow. Big wow. Huge if true. Let's get the Ackerman <laughs> estate on the horn. I almost feel like that's where we should end this. I think yes, we should end that, but let me just say oh. that throughout this discussion, I've really quenched my thirst with Anchor Steam beer. Brandon, when I'm awash in a sea of my own overreach, <laughs> on a boat having to fight off waves of my own pretension, I depend on my anchor to steady the ship, to get me back on track. I am so happy to hear that. Mm. I'm drinking wine. Fuck you. off! <laughs>
Ankerstein, the official beer of Movies IMO. At your senators, please. <laughs> Tell Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> we demand. Yeah. Sponsorship. Sponsors. All right, Ben. Close All us right. out. This has been Movies IMO. Mm. <laughs> what is the order I'm going to say? Nice. Sorry, I'm going to take words. that back. Sure. Burr, burr, burr. Yeah. This has been Movies IMO. Please follow us, rate, review, subscribe. You can find us on Twitter at Movies IMO. My name is Ben Empey. You can find me on Twitter at Real Todd Haynes. Uh, I'm Daniel Crook. You can find me on the internet at Daniel Crook with three O's. I'm boiling a bunny for dinner. Oh, the bunny. The bunny. That daughter, which I thought was a son. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's the classic reaction <laughs> for most of the movie. I, yeah. on, I, I am going to plug because I did write something about Fatal Attraction. I'll just Google my name, Fatal Attraction Film Experience. I wrote a pretty good piece on the editing of that movie. I'm just going to plug. Yeah, did they put please. that baby on that roller coaster? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that was not a green screen. I know, and I'm just, it's shocking. She's scared for her life in real life yeah <laughs> and and the editing scene. is so aggressive cutting yeah. between that and then michael douglas uh uh in the car or, or ann archer rather in the car yeah um and then the wreck it, it's like the cutting between the roller coaster and her rushing through traffic right. i forgot it's about that absolutely that brilliant scene. Absolutely yeah that brilliant. whole sequence it's like, you know in this climate about uh film safety it really struck me when I saw that. But I mean, it's a, the roller coaster is safe. I mean, it's not like, it's probably, it's the, a roller coaster. It, they probably shot it at a roller coaster at a reputable It's just park. a very small child. I hope that the child was the right height. Yes. Yes. I couldn't stop. There were no that. loop-de-loops. I know. No yeah, it was screws. a wooden coaster. I know. I'm still Just nervous. concerned. I thought the, Glenn Close was going to chuck the kid off the top. Whenever I see a real child in a movie i'm constantly concerned about its safety yeah as you should be i have a very strong maternal instinct yeah. i hope i i too watched the florida project and was like if brooklyn prince is lactose intolerant i am gonna have a word with sean baker on this ice cream <laughs> right um i'm brandon kirby you can find me on twitter at bk kirby i will greatly miss 50 shades of gray i'm upset that Future Valentine's Day weekends will not include a release. You're going to have to do a repertory screening of your own creation. Yeah. <laughs> Every Valentine's Day from here on out. Yes. I will watch all three. Uh, next week we're talking about Black Panther. Fuck Woo. yeah. And Ryan Coogler's career and also why DC fails and Marvel succeeds. This should be a fun conversation to have. Uh, I am a Marvel agnostic who has been very impressed with the last three uh, offerings from the studio. What were those? I like Thor Ragnarok. I think Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is actually a great film. Uh, Doctor Strange doesn't totally work for me, but I appreciate that it is going in more adventurous directions. I never saw that one. I didn't. And I imagine I'm going to like Black Panther too, so I may have to do some on-mic reckoning. You skipped over Spider-Man Homecoming, which I think is quite good. I liked Spider-Man Homecoming. I turned it off. I like that the villain is a Trump voter. Same. Thank you. Michael Keaton. (laughs) Birdman. Birdman. Birdman! (laughs) This is his voice in the voiceover. Michael Keaton. He's doing Batman voices. Balls! Well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what? Dude, oh, you don't in Birdman. When does he say balls? He's like smells like balls. <laughs> <laughs> that you know, that's the line from an Academy Award-winning screenplay. It's a great screenplay. Uh, okay, good night. Bye. Uh...
The winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hulu.